Hey everyone, we are uh, recapping the Giro for a few minutes and thanks for taking some time out of your day to uh, listen and catch up with us. So the Giro d'Italia is another three week long uh, race, just like the Tour de France. Uh, I have um, local racers, Jeff Usher and Zach Hall here today and we're gonna kind of just talk about uh, stage one of the Giro, which was a time trial. So, Jeff, you want to tell us about the leader? Well, Filippo Ganna, he's a, a young rider, 24 years old. He won the World Championships just last week. Yeah. He was expected to win the World Championships, and, and, and I think he was really clearly he was the favorite in this race as well. They thought, <clears throat> they thought uh, others might have – and he rides for Ineos Grenadines, which was former Sky team. He, he just flew – uh, on that in that race, he averaged 58.8 kilometers an hour, which is 36 and a half miles an hour over a 15.1 kilometer course. The other interesting thing about the the race is, of the top 10, uh, the top of the top five, four of them were all under 23, new, new, all under 23 three years old. So it was a the, the race itself was. It, it was a 15 kilometer race. There's a, a one kilometer climb, a little more than a kilometer climb at the front at the first. And interestingly enough, there's two races in this race. One was the mountain climbers jersey, yeah, yeah. which um, began and um, yeah. oh, is it Alex um, Zabel? Um, yeah. Eric Zabel's son. Eric, mm -hmm. Eric Zabel was a famous sprinter years ago, and his son is a sprinter as well. They both as sprinters chose to go after the, the, the mountain Jersey on that. And so they, they, they just both, you could tell both of them when, when they went off the start, they just hammered. You should have seen, and um, <clears throat> Sagan was first and he was just flying up the hill and he clearly had the, the fastest time. Then when Zabel went, Zabel beat him by like one hundredths of a second or something like that. It was super very, close. very, very close, but it, but uh, um, Alex Zabel will be wearing, uh, it's, uh, it's a red jersey, which is the climber's jersey. In the mm -hmm. So there's four jerseys. Right. Um, the sprinter's jersey, the climber's jersey, the young, young anyone under 23 jersey, and then the, and then the overall. Um, and today, uh, Filippo Ghana got three of those four. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got the leader jersey, the pink jersey, the red jersey for the climber, and then the white jersey for the young rider, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. The tour was, the last couple of years has been won by super young riders. Egan Bernal won it last year. This year was, I'm blanking on his name, it's not Roglic. Who, who won the tour? Tarei Pogacha. Pogacha, yeah, yeah. Just turned 22 the day after the tour, he won the tour. Right. So we, we've just got these super young guys coming in that are so strong. And um, so I also wanted to talk about within the top 10 is uh, an American writer from Houston, Lawson Craddock. And if you aren't familiar with him, he's on the EF team, EF team? EF Education. EF Education. Um, in 2018, when he ran the tour, he crashed in like one of the very first or very early stages and broke his scapula, continued to ride the tour, 
uh, Hurricane Harvey had just hit Houston and they had raised, he said that uh, um, for every day that he continued to ride the tour with that injury, he would uh, raise funds for his uh, race. Velodrome. Yeah, the velodrome. The velodrome in yep. Houston. Yeah, the velodrome in Houston. But uh, so he's, he's really an engaging person to watch and, and listen to and just follow him. So I, I'm from Texas. So I've, in the last couple of years, I've spent a lot of time kind of watching him and then having, knowing a lot of people who raced against him. He's an absolute incredible rider. Uh, so that it was, it was great to actually see him just to get into the top 10, especially with the ride that he had. Uh, what I wanted to bring up was those kits that they've, they've unveiled the last couple of days. <clears throat> so Education First actually picked up a new sponsor, actually, with a skateboard company. Oh. And I, there's been a lot of a lot of grief thrown their way because of, of the design of their kits. And I really would tell anyone watching this, go look at their kits. Uh, they're definitely out of the ordinary. Yes, uh, they are. And... I got to say, I love them. Uh, did you see their helmets today? I, I did. And the first <laughs> thing that I thought was actually, these guys, this guy looks like uh, Darth Helmet from Spaceball. <laughs> that uh, was Lawson's <laughs> Yeah. And just the, 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 the mirrored sunglasses, everything. The dude just looked cool. Uh, so if you, ever, if you ever see me riding around, the kits I wear are very colorful. And they're very usually very different. Um, I like that. So seeing something like that was, was actually really cool. It made my day. Let's see here. The other thing that kind of happened was one of the tour contenders, Mikel Angel Lopez. Right. And so I, I was actually watching that live when that happened. Oh and, and I don't I don't think it's so much the win that got him. I actually think that he as he was transitioning, he hit he hit something oh. in the road, a pothole, a cobble, oh. and it just, because of the, the positioning of those bars, you really don't have a whole lot of stability. Uh, and he just got caught, unfortunately, in a really bad spot and wasn't able to recover. But it, it definitely looked, it was a very scary crash when I saw it, especially when he didn't get back up and get back on his bike. Uh, but it's, it, it's, very, it's very challenging to ride those bikes like that, especially in a wind. And when you're thinking about everything else and you don't see a, the little pothole that, that will end up taking you down. Uh, so hopefully he has a speedy recovery and can get back to it next time. There were a lot of, a lot of the riders had, had issues getting comfortable in the wind. The wind, winds were blowing at about uh, 31 kilometers an hour, especially up uh, at the start. Uh, after the climb and into the first ascent, uh, you could see that those guys were getting blown around and getting pushed around quite a bit. Uh, so it was a, definitely a tough time to actually try to manage that. I actually slapped TT bars on my uh, my gravel bike today uh, for Race Across Texas. And so I actually was out in the wind, wind today up uh, on 196. And it was about a 20, 25 mile an hour wind, uh, very similar to what they were dealing with. And it just... The, the ability to hold the line or the ability to move around is very difficult. And maintain control is very difficult in a situation, situation like that, when they're, especially when it's gusty. So, Zach, do you have any um, predictions for the winner of the, tour, of the Giro or anything like that? 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. My, my is Garrett Thomas. Uh, he, he's got to be the favorite. He's, he's a winner of the Tour de France. He finished second last year. And uh, I think you have to have him as the favorite because he's the captain of the strongest team in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also can't discount the fact that he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's leaving Team Ineos uh, for a very startup, and he was all, he was left off the Tour de France roster, which uh, still boggles my mind. Uh, yeah. I, so we'll kind of we'll see what he can do. And obviously, after today, he had a really strong showing. Uh, that was very impressive. So it looks like he's right. Uh, I just I don't think you could you can pick against him at this point. But you also can't sleep on Simon Yates. I mean, he's he's always there, and he's he's done well in this race multiple times. So I think you've got to watch out for him. But again, I think it's Garen Thomas from Team Ineos that's going to take the GC. So you'll see him, and you'll I bet you see him in the uh, pink jersey for most of this race. Wow. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. tomorrow t- tomorrow they were actually I'm back. As far as the overall, I think. Garen Thomas did have, uh, of the contenders, he clearly had the best race, although Simon Yates did well as well. I mean, Simon Yates was, I think, 15th overall, which is... Yeah, he's in the top 20. Yeah, and I might add, add, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Chad, Chad Haga from Texas again. Uh, Another Texan was 13th overall. Yeah. And and Chad, Chad won the very last time trial stage of the Giro last year. He rides for um, Sunday. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how Ineos does in the Giro because they didn't really assert themselves very well at the Tour. So, and I think some of that was just uh, Bernal was just having an off season or something. He went in with some back trouble and, and stuff like that. I don't know that he ever really got better from that. Uh, Yumbo Visma, you know, they don't have Roglic right now. They don't, they really changed their setup. I think the only people that I really kind of recognize back from the tour that they have in the Giro is Tony Martin and Stephen Kreuzlich. And those, I mean, they were basically just domestiques for Roglic. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Jumbo yeah. Visma is going to be a contender. Yeah, I, I don't know that they're going uh, for unless. TV. I don't know if they're just doing stage wins or what. It'll be interesting to see what they're actually going to try to go for in the Giro. But I, my my pick for his favorite, you guys have both mentioned him as Simon Yates because I'm just kind of a fan of Mitchelton Scott. So I want to make my points, uh, which is the purple jersey. And I think you have to look at uh, Peter Sagan. Uh, he he kind of had a bit of an off tour to France, uh, but I think, Watching him today, especially on that first stage, going after the the, the king of the mountain, uh, just lunging out of the start gate uh, like he was Superman. I think you just have to watch out for him. I think he'll be a he'll be a contender for the points. Michael um, Matthews might be as well with Sunweb. So that'll I think that'll be a good battle to watch because uh, both Sagan and Matthews can get over some hills in their post sprint. Mm-hmm. That's the key to, to winning the yellow the, or the, the well, it's not the green jersey, the, the sprinter's jersey. But there was one other thing that I did want to yeah. say. It was the don't try this at home. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple of things that I noticed that, that if people saw this, 
you definitely don't want you definitely don't want to try and go out and do this on on a road ride or in a race uh, because you're really looking for trouble. So one was actually someone who was mentioned earlier. That's Chad Haga from McKinney, Texas. Uh, another rider that I that I've kind of grown up watching uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, so as he was making the descent uh, out of the commune oh, yeah. after the first climb, he made the he hit the hair, first hairpin turn and about lost it. And there were there was one or two other riders who lost it in that hairpin that day or today. But in that first hairpin, he unclipped and did basically a leg dangle like he was riding a, a motocross bike and managed to maintain control of the bike. And he really picked up time and really didn't lose any time uh, to go through that corner like that. But that is so, it was so scary to watch, especially with the amount of speed he was taking through there. Uh, so that's something you definitely want, don't want to uh, go out and make a habit of doing when you're on the road. Uh, and the other one was actually Peter Sagan uh, on the descent. He jumped down onto the top tube of his bike and just sat on it uh, as he was making his way back down into Palermo. Uh, that's another thing. I, that, don't, don't do the super tech? Yeah, super tech. That's what it is. I'm uh, not going to do it. <laughs> I've done it a couple times. Uh, I've done it in races. Uh, and it's really cool. And, you know, and I, I'm thinking – oh, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I'm also realizing that I have no control over my bike when I'm doing that. Uh, so that's another thing. I definitely don't try it at home. Uh, and what, what actually most people don't realize about the super tuck is, is putting your body weight on, on that top tube actually can damage your frame, especially the, the higher end carbon fiber frames. You can actually crack the frame by putting your body weight on it on that top tube. Wow, and, well, and to do, do that, yeah, to, to do that super tech on a time trial bike, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, especially it's, time trial bikes are not designed to be real, uh, you know, the type of bike to, 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 to I mean, it, it doesn't, they don't handle well. They, they just no. don't handle as well as a, as a regular road bike or, right. or a cyclocross bike. Cyclocross bikes are actually designed to handle pretty well in short turns, like, but not, not a time trial bike. I, I've done the super tuck coming off a mountain before, and I was actually on the road bike you see back here. And it was it was wet, and, and it was really foolish to do it. It ended up working out in my favor. But it, it was one of the, definitely one of the scariest things I've ever done, uh, to be tearing down a mountain on, on the top tube doing about 60 miles an hour. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, too, for joining me to discuss the Giro. And we'll do this again on the rest day on the 12th. And at that point, we'll also hear from Zach. He'll be on day three of the race across Texas or day two? Day three. Day three. So we'll get to, you know, hear about his trials of going across Texas. So um, I'm looking forward to that, too.